<laughs> Did they just air a live rape on their podcast? <laughs> what it really was. We started a new fucking genre of podcast. Fucking snuff podcast. <laughs> you just listen to it. <laughs> I mean, think about, think about, do think about snuff podcast. Our man. guest this week. Holy shit, dude. That would be fucking wild. She's 19 and was a waitress. Don't have to worry about that much longer. <laughs> <laughs> the great thing is, is it would take, it would probably take a while until we get arrested. Because we'd be so low on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. They would never even... Uh, until we reach success. And yeah, we're like... We have a fucking Patreon. Like, we're getting, we're actually can quit our day jobs and shit. And we're like, all right, this is great. Sign up hey, for Please our come fucking raid in our goddamn houses. <laughs> sign, up, <laughs> sign up for our Patreon and we'll show you the pictures. You don't have to just listen. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, dude, but we would also be legends. Not necessarily good ones. But... I don't know, it depends who you ask, but we would go down in history forever because we'd create a whole new fucking world of podcasts. Here's the man. thing, man. If Next we, thing you know, you got OnlyFans, but they're like, you know, with all that other stuff and you got these, uh, you got porn and stuff, but now you just, you got it on podcast, man. And I mean, yeah, sure, you can't see it, but you use your imagination. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I mean, if we did that, not only would we go down Legends for starting a new thing, we'd also be the subject of some of these murder podcasts. And that might be fun. That's yeah. exciting. I do. We could probably, if if they let us, like I am fucking very ego centered. Well, if we so, get off, I mean, this would be good for me. If we get off on bail, uh, we can quickly do our, an episode oh, about yeah. ourselves. Oh, yeah. I think that'd be good. So we, and if we are successful at this point, we might have some money in the bank, which is really good when you break laws, commit sure. crimes, because sure. you can pretty much get out of anything. Yeah, we'll be fine. Yeah. So we'll I get some money in. There. I think we have something going here, and I'm very excited for our future. Not for sure. Right. <laughs> As always, that's Zach stuff some peanut butter between my toes, O'Connor. And I'm Ryan LaFever, and this is Requiem for Murder. <laughs> Today we're boarding the Murder Express to East Lake, Ohio. It was a magical Monday, March 1st, 1943 to be exact. Michael and Ellen Heidnick. We're doing what most people do to start the week off right. You guessed, you guessed it right. They were fucking 69ing, doggy style, pagan, mysophilian, scatophilian, rimming, and flogging.
Acts two people sure. in love married. Yeah. Two in love married people do. <laughs> right. right. Well, their little Monday morning sexcapades led to the beautiful birth of a baby boy about nine months later. On November 22nd, 1943, baby Gary Michael Heidnick would be welcomed into the world and would later leave his lasting monstrous mark on it. About 18 months later, Michael and Ellen cranked out another baby, and Gary now had a new baby brother named Terry. However, all wasn't butterflies and love in the Heidnick household. Six months after the birth of Terry, Gary's parents, Michael and Ellen, divorced. After the divorce, Gary and Terry... Gary and Terry! (laughs) Very creative naming. (laughs) Right. No wonder they got divorced. (laughs) Well, they lived with their mother and her new husband. I don't know how far long after she decided to put a ring on that dick. Two weeks after the divorce, maybe. Or like two weeks when they decided they wanted one. That's usually how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I'm going to text that friend you didn't have to worry about. (laughs) (laughs) So Michael, he was a smart boy. And I've read two details of him having IQ of either 130 or 148. Now, for a little context, the average IQ in the in the United States is 98. An average IQ based on the Woodcock and Johnson test. Woodcock and is Johnson. That, I is mean. that the real name? <laughs> no wonder. That's the name of the test. We are a dumb planet. <laughs> Woodcock hey, and Johnson Take this dick and dick test And it'll tell you how smart you is <laughs> So on their test It classifies 90 to 110 as average And 121 To 130 is superior In other tests Because there's, there's a few Follow similar classifications Edmund Kemper in fact Had an IQ of 145 and Jeffrey Dahmer had an IQ of 144. Now, Zach, if you have a low IQ, which I don't think you do because you're a smart guy, you're thinking, phew, there's no way my idiot ass can be a killer. Well, think again. Gary Ridgway had an IQ of 82, and he had a very successful career as a serial killer. Hmm. He just wasn't smart about it. That's all it was. Yeah, he just was... 
Not, yeah, uh, breaking news. Turns out you don't need to be a genius to murder people. <laughs> <laughs> you just need to be a psychopath. <laughs> so in the late 40s, about four years after the divorce, Ellen sent the boys to live with their father and stepmother. This change probably wasn't the best for the boys. Gary was a lifelong bedwetter, and his father didn't take kindly to that. Michael ridiculed Gary over it and would make Gary hang his pee-pee-stained sheets from his bedroom window for the whole neighborhood to see. That's a pretty common trait amongst some of our serial killers, isn't it? Oh, bedwetting? Yep. Lifelong bedwetting? In fact, if you go on, yeah. uh, God, what is it? The triad. The th- I forget the name of it, man. Um, But there's a three triad, and there's some research in that there's more to it than that, but one of them is bedwetting. Hmm. What do you think? Is it is it a mental state? that makes them wet the bed and they're already psychopaths or are they wetting their bed and they're like, fuck it. I'm just going to kill people. I mean, I wake up in the morning and I have no idea why I've done it. Right. Does it make you want to kill people? (laughs) I'm wet again. (sighs) Time for murder. It's actually nice at first. It's like, it's a little soothing. You're in a hot tub. Right. Especially in the summer. Then you wake up refreshing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) so things at school weren't going much better for gary and he's constantly being teased i don't know if it involved his pp sheets hey gary hey you 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 fucking pp you pp your sheets again gary no 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 no. that 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 that's my dad's p gary p gary p gary (laughs) (laughs) but one thing it did involve Gary had an accident. He fell out of a tree. He hit his head so hard, he had a misshapen cranium, and that he was he was constantly, in fact, teased about that. But having a misshapen head? Yeah, in fact, the kids would call him, Hey, Gary, pee-pee boy! Football head, football head! Yeah. Shut up, Fennis! <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking kids, Man, this bro. kid. Yeah, yeah, it stacked against himself. <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't a big boy he was you know uh i think he's more scrawny than anything. And he's peeing the bed but i mean his head's misshapen <laughs> he probably isn't gonna go with the ladies he's got a small dick allegedly yeah. i i don't know well, he has a huge fucking dick oh i don't know i don't know man gary show us your dick yeah <laughs> is, he, is he still alive can he show us his dick or do I need to start digging up a body? I'm not saying I wouldn't. <laughs> I'm. I just want to know what I'm getting into. Oh well, you just have to wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> so he was also probably teased about his fashion style, as Gary pretty much only wore military attire because he he had a fascination with Infatu- the military infatuation. I know. I said. In, I just. I just in kept fa- rolling with it. I was like, maybe nobody will notice. <laughs> I thought maybe no one knows. Like just, in, with the Chikatilo episode, when I kept saying secretary, and no, you're like I, secretary. No, I heard. And I was that, like, yeah, yeah, yeah secretary. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sometimes I like to take a poetic, creative perspective on things. Sometimes and just create my own words <laughs> and pronunciations. Uh, right. Right, I mean, just, words are weird. We just make stuff up around here. Yeah. Um, this fascination led him to attend 
the Staunton Military Academy in Virginia at 14 years of age. At the academy, Gary excelled and received excellent grades. However, after two years, he left and returned home his junior year. Gary didn't last long back home in public high school, and with the encouragement of his father, he dropped out and joined the Army. Were you the were you part of the generation where he's running and he gets a sword in the recruitment ad and he kills the dragon with it? Is that your generation of signing up for the army? What was your army I mean, recruitment poster? I I want to say yes, that was there. Yeah. Because I know when for me the army of one was in full effect. Yeah. And then not long after it kind of changed to army strong. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was what I, I joined up under. <laughs> I think the army of one was the dragon. I think that was the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be all you can be and all yeah. that shit. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh yeah. Be all that you can be in my butthole. So he joined at 16 or 17. Uh, no, this, well, this was, uh, so 14 years, he was two in the school. In two years later, he was about 16. I, I, and I want to say he was about 17, 18. I want to okay. say it ended up being about 18. Okay. Because he fucked around in regular public schools for about a year. Oh. But again, they were like, hey, Gary, you still peeing? You're peeing your pants? You fucking pee fuck? I'm learning to kill people. I can't wait to come back here. <laughs> <laughs> so I would like to think that his father was truly being supportive of his son. But let's be honest, with Daddy O's parenting track record, he's probably just trying to get Gary the <laughs> fuck out of there. <laughs> Dad, I don't I don't know what to do with my life. You should join the army. You should just get out of here and yeah. join the army. Yeah. It'll be good for yeah. you. Make do your family proud, son. Do you think do you think that'll be good for I just think you should join the army. Just join the army. <laughs> <laughs> Gary initially tried to be an MP. You know, military police, but he was rejected. Like, how fucked up do you gotta be to re be rejected as an MP? I legitimately thought they took everyone. <laughs> I I didn't know they had a standard. Right, right. He was, however, good enough to become a medic. Or maybe maybe we're looking at this the wrong way. Maybe the army thought he was too smart to be an MP. I think that makes more sense. That might make it more. Yeah. Cause why mm -hmm. why fail MP go to medic? Hmm. Failed at writing parking tickets, but excelled at IV placement, huh? I mean, I we have a little bit of medical background here, and <laughs> we know not that, uh, not all of them are brightest. No, <laughs> I mean, for me, for instance, I'm just saying. <laughs> Toe the line, Hodnick. What do you want to do for the army? I I want to. Be an MP drill sergeant! Oh, what in the ever monkey fuck private? Dr drill sergeant? You just gonna sit around, drooling on yourself, grieving soldiers, beating tickets, private? You wanna be a butterfucker private? No, no, drill sergeant! I don't wanna fuck my buddies! God damn it, private! You sure are a football bat. Drill sergeant? I'm talking about a blue falcon! Buddy fucker, you want to fuck over your buddies, private? No, no, drill sergeant! Holy fucking luya! All right, Nugget, no window licking for you then. 
Roger, Joe Sargent! <laughs> so, of course, if you're an MP in the army, we love you. Hell, I got a cousin who's an MP. I had enough. His windows are always fucking moist. <laughs> <laughs> and his name is Michael, and I love you. That's odd, odd coincidence there. a little bit of a one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so after basic training, Private Heidnick was sent to San Antonio, Texas, where he would be trained as a medic. Heidnick did well in medic training, and afterwards was stationed in Lenstel, Germany, with the 46th Army Surgical Hospital. However... It didn't take long for Private Heidnick to become a sick hole ranger. And in August 1962, Heidnick began complaining of severe headaches, blurred vision, and nausea. And was diagnosed with gastroenteritis. For the uh, two listeners that we have that aren't veterans, sick call is what you do when you're not feeling great. But some people lie about it to get out of physical training. Yeah. Or you're legitimately fucked up but there's this mentality in the army that you just gotta suck it the fuck up so you're a piece of shit if you do is your foot backwards (laughs) can you run that off (laughs) (laughs) so gastroenteritis is basically infectious diarrhea infectious huh like it causes other people to diarrhea? Yeah, remember like uh, okay. a few years ago, like 2012 and then like subsequent, subsequent years S- after. Subsequently. Subsequently. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, there was that stomach bug that was going around that would just make you vomit and fucking piss out of your ass. Ebola? Was that? Ebola? No, it wasn't that because <laughs> no, I don't know what it was. It was just some kind of stomach bug. Okay, yeah. I just remember it was really bad. Yeah. It only lasted like 24 to 48 hours. Yeah. But you could just keep getting it over and over again. And it was spreading rampant. Uh it's like that. But it, but he was just he was just fucking super soaking out his butthole. It's kind of like contagious laughter where like he shit his pants and then everyone in the room just starts <laughs> shitting their pants. <laughs> like, oh, I would pay. Uh, <laughs> I would pay to see this. <laughs> it would be disgusting, but I would pay to see it. Oh yeah. I'd pay to be in the room. It's like Tijuana, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not weird if everyone shits their pants. No, no. In fact, it's let's come together and do it. Yeah. This is a bonding <laughs> experience, everybody. So while being diagnosed, the medical providers noted that Heidnick was also displaying symptoms of not only of that of a open pudding hydrant, but also of mental illness. Heidnick was prescribed trifluoperazine. I bet that's not even close. Trifluoperazine. Well, anyways, it was a antipsychotic, and he was later transferred to a military hospital in Philadelphia in August 1962, where he was diagnosed with schizoid personality disorder and was dishonorably... And was honorably was discharged was after serving 13 months in the army. Private, did you quite literally shit your brains out? <laughs> You're out of here. You're a disgrace to my core. You're lucky we don't send you to 11 worth of your fucking shit bag. <laughs> after the army, Heidnick continued to pursue his newfound interest in the medical field. 
He enrolled at the University of Pennsylvania and even became a licensed practical nurse. His time at the university was short-lived, as always, I guess, as he dropped out. Heidnick briefly worked as a nurse at the hospital, but was fired for decline in performance. Of course, poor performance is exactly what the Veterans Administration is always looking for. You're not. You're you're fucking with me. No. He joined the fucking VA? Yeah, and I mean he did have a leg up. Okay. Because uh, he had 100% disability from his little psychotic yeah. thing. Yeah. And he also had a state license for nursing. Sure. And the VA... The VA Loved his track record. And their standards are, their standards are pretty low anyway. Uh, are you alive? Can you? Bring, what's your medical experience? I once took two Tylenol PM. Well, you're fucking hired. Good luck to you. Uh, just to let you know, you cannot be fired. <laughs> At the VA, he's being trained to become a psychiatric nurse, which is funny. Wow. But I also think it's perfect. A little bit of a, like a peer support thing. That's what I'm saying. There. Yeah. I mean. Hey, I'm schizophrenic too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Gary. Come on back now. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that was that was Rob. He sometimes takes over. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, I think, I mean, it's kind of a perfect. I mean, who's going to be better at giving a girl head? A dude or a lady? Right. I mean, that's why I'm in mental health, too. The head thing, not the... Well, no, what I'm saying is... <laughs> what I'm saying is... I, I put money on the girl. They have insider trading. Oh. They know... They they have a girl's body. They know the body's better. Sure. Uh, you know supposedly. what I'm saying? Allegedly. Right. And just like Heidnick, he doesn't have a pussy, but he has insider trading on psychotic shit. Right. Do you think he would, like, get up next to him and whisper, like, are your meds controlled by the CIA too? Heinick, <laughs> <laughs> you're the worst psychiatric nurse we've ever had. <laughs> you know the the trick I found that works the best is you just get sunflower colored sheets and no one knows you pistol yourself all night. <laughs> I mean, he's providing a service here. <laughs> hands, hands him some pills and is like, okay, now watch. I'll show you how to hide it under your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you're in the psychiatric field, email us at murder at gmail.com and share with us your educated opinion on the matter. Maybe you have an opinion. No, I've had a couple. Is it insider training? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... We there are jobs specifically set up to where like somebody with your diagnosis like is there to help you. Yeah, it's it's literally called peer support. Like, um, like you've been through it and you're better now. But very rarely do you but do not like where you're still fucked up. Right. And yeah, like you're 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 better now. Here's how you get better. Very rarely do you have like a psychiatrist passing meds who every once in a while goes on a bender because they're not taking their meds and they just start like prescribing all this shit to their clients. Like they're supposed to be better by the time it gets to that point. So just take this right here. Okay. This one's for depression. This one's for anxiety. This one's to keep the lizards out of your heads. They're everywhere. And this one, I just like the color of it. So Heidnick's employment at the Coatesville VA was short lived. Again, Whoa. <laughs> he was fired for he was poor attendance, 
rude behavior, and just an overall bad attitude. Mm. Yo, he's on a list of like 10 people that have been fired from the VA <laughs> over the last <laughs> 70 years. I mean, the VA finally did something right. You know? yeah. They're like, all right, we got to get this guy out of here. He's fucking pissing in the corner and the supervisor's like, <laughs> you know... This is his fifth warning. <laughs> but at the same time, it is his pissing corner. <laughs> at least it's the same corner. <laughs> so Heidnick's life was like one trip, one stumble after another, where he catches himself, keeps walking, until he finally trips for good and falls to the ground. I mean, it's like a series of unfortunate events. And it seems like he was trying, but just couldn't do it. Like he was trying to be normal here. Like, oh, let yeah. me get a job. Sure. But then, like, 36 hours later, he was like, I just can't do it, man. That's like, that's like a diagnosing criteria for schizophrenia. <laughs> it really is. No, like, do you have trouble holding a job? Check. You probably have schizophrenia. Again, as always, I'm not making an excuse for this guy. But with the rough childhood, football head injury, as a child, in fact, an injury that could that probably strips some screws because the younger you are, when you have a head injury, the better chance you have of being fucking psychotic. Um, I did have a concussion when I was four. Dude, I fucking, we had this trailer, this, uh, camping trailer. Yeah. In the garage. Yeah. I remember when I was probably five, six, seven, I fucking hit my head on that shit hard. Now head wounds bleed really bad, but I mean, there's blood everywhere, bro. And the fucked up thing, is I did it not just once, but I did it twice. Well, you hear it here first, ladies and gentlemen. This podcast <laughs> actually is only done by one person. It's up to you to decide which one the split personality is. <laughs> Editing is a bitch right. to make it seem like... Like it's two. Yeah. So it was like he was doomed from the start. On the other hand, I'm sure there are plenty of people who had a head injury at youth, had a dysfunctional childhood... If they're keeping the demons at bay, hell, they probably even become successful members of society. Oh, yeah. Congressmen. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) One of them sniffing on kids. (laughs) You know, I had a head injury when I was five, about her age, and who stopped? Well, how am I here? The next stumble was in 1970 when his mother committed suicide by taking the poison mercuric chloride, which is basically mercury and chlorine. Oh, shit. Yeah. That'll do it. Yeah. But then I've also read that it was from overdosing on alcohol and medication. There's conflicting reports. Hmm. But I like to think it was the former because it sounds more fucking punk rock. (laughs) 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 Woo! (laughs) After that. Heidnick took up timeshares in mental institutions. This was the beginning of dark times. Between the mental institutions, attacking his brother Terry by hitting him with a wood plane, and his 13 suicide attempts. Hot damn. Yeah, dark times. Look at number 13. Yeah, dude. (laughs) I mean, how much... I mean, I'm totally against suicide to an extent. But... uh, 13 times, man, you couldn't do it. You couldn't and do 13 it. fucking times. <laughs> like, I, I kind of think he wasn't really trying. Are you just saying this man's not good at anything? 
<laughs> you can't even kill yourself, Private. <laughs> Drill Sergeant just follows them. <laughs> in 1971, Gary Hynek was visited by a completely real and believable figure, Santa Claus. Or was it God? Same, same, or different? <laughs> this revelation led him to form his own church. With only five followers, Heidnick started the United Church of Ministers of God. Quite a fucking mouthful. He found five people to follow him. I know. I know I know it's a small number, but I am surprised by how many people showed up for that. Right. And they they showed up in his home. That's where he held it at first. Sure. And out of the five followers was his brother Terry. The one he hit with a plank? Yep. That's a good start. Yeah. And Gary's Mentally handicapped girlfriend, Anjanette Davidson. Okay. So, I mean, right. I don't know if he was included in the five, but I mean, we already got two of them that were kind of forced to be there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll hit you with a blank again. <laughs> when Gary was younger, he had two main interests. One we covered, the military. The other was making money. And in 1975, he opened a Merrill Lynch account with a $1,500 investment. Heidnick was able to grow that account to $545,000, which in today's equivalent would be about $1.6 million. Hot damn. Mm-hmm. For the next 10 years, it would seem Heidnick got a firm grip on his life. On his life. I mean, he created a church from nothing and turned it into a wealthy church that was doing very well. Again, it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. A year after he opened his church, Heidnick was charged with aggravated assault and carrying an unlicensed pistol when he shot at one of his tenants and grazed his face. That's right. Not only did he run a church. He gave him the old Dick Cheney. But he was also a <laughs> slumlord. Yeah, he did the dish. <laughs> so now this is where it really starts to get weird. After the gun incident, his house was sold, and the new owners found porno mags and a hole dug in the basement floor. I mean, porno mags, Zach. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> What kind of guy would do that, right? Right. Yeah. I've never. Have you ever? <laughs> nah, no, man. A hole dug in the basement, though. Oh, yeah, I got that. Everybody does yeah. that. Well, you need a good drainage pit. Yeah, you never know when you need to hide a body. Or when your wife cooks the meat, little frung. <laughs> <laughs> About a year and a half later, Heidnick had a child with Anjanette Davison, which they named Maxine Davison. Luckily... For Maxine, even though life in the system can be rough, was immediately placed in foster care. I mean, she that lucked was, the fuck out. That was for the best, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not long after the birth of his daughter, Heidnick checked out Anjanette's sister from a mental institution. He held her up in his apartment and raped her. Alberta, who was also mentally handicapped, was found in a storage locker in Heidnick's basement. So he killed his girlfriend's sister? Is that oh. what you're saying? Okay, um, don't owe me like that, but not in the hole. Nah, he, that was the last house. Oh, uh, this is a new house. Yeah, now he didn't have time to make a hole. He just had a storage, really locker storage locker that he stuffed girls into. So Alberta was brought back to the institution. She was found. Did, you, did I say that? Say this again. I got lost somewhere. She was brought back to the institution? Yeah, yeah she, was found, she was found. She was found. Oh, she in was the found storage alive locker. in the storage locker. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, so she was brought back to the institution. It was examined by medical staff. It was determined she was raped vaginally, orally, anally, 
and contracted gonorrhea. I mean, this sick, sick fuck. Rape is already a sick and forgettable crime to begin with. But then to do it to someone who's mentally handicapped, my personal opinion, I don't know about your Zach, is if there is undeniable evidence the perpetrator of any rape, but especially rape of a mentally handicapped person, should probably be tortured for hours on end. Maybe they should be raped. And then put down. There's no rehabilitating. <laughs> they just put them down. <laughs> and if you think I'm being too harsh on rapists by saying they should be put down, I mean, maybe they shouldn't have raped. I, I mean, don't think... they were asking to be executed. Did you see what they were wearing? I don't think you should be. I don't think you're being too hard on them. I mean, after the examination, the rape and assault was reported and Heidnick was arrested. He was charged with rape, kidnapping, unlawful restraint, false imprisonment, interfering with the custody of a committed person, and involuntary sexual intercourse. I know I don't know about you, Zach, but I want justice. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, right after all these stories, justice is served. And early on in the story, Heidnick went to trial in November 1978. He defended himself and pleaded not guilty. However, he was found guilty and sentenced to a whole whopping three to seven years. Oh, no. Three to seven years, Zach. Did he, did he at least do three years? <laughs> he did three. Okay. He did three in mental institution. But three to seven years. It was the 70s. Mental institution probably right. wasn't that great. Yeah, 70 year, 70s. He's probably still pretty much in prison. But three years for all that. Right. It says a lot about our justice system. I mean, yeah. even in current times, the average sentencing for rape is about 10 years, while time served is about five. Which is crazy because if you're caught selling weed, Zach, you get a life sentence. Allegedly. Right. Allegedly. Hell, there's, there's people sending double life sentences for selling weed. It's true. That three strike. Yep. Don't get me started about that. So after, like I said, after all was said and done, with an appeal, Heidnick spent only three years in a mental institution for this monstrous crime. And that's where we'll leave off on Gary Heidnick, part one. What I a thought happy this would ending. be a, Yeah. What? <laughs> said, what this a was happy a happy ending? ending? Yeah. What a happy ending. That's a great way to There's end no story. happy. Yeah, three I, years, you rapist fuck. <laughs> I don't think there's any happy endings in any of the stories we do, sadly. Yeah, I mean... I thought the first were an anomaly, but I'm starting to think this isn't the children's program I signed up for. <laughs> <laughs> well, the great this is the this is the audio version. We do have picture book novels for the kids to read, right? Yeah, right. And those and for are really those good. of you at home wondering, we do instead of showing like the serial killers and the victims. We do have like Daffy Duck and Mickey Mouse. Normally, like switching up which one of them got stabbed to death, and I yeah. feel like that connects with the children yeah. better. And I'm really excited because we do have a some necrophilia coming up, and in that book, there's some scratch and sniff. God damn. <laughs> so if you ever wanted to know what sex was smelled like with the dead corpse, you just That smells like. Uh. <laughs> Who do you think listens to us? Who's doing? Who's people doing like this? us? 
Oh, those poor bastards. <laughs> yeah, they're they're fucked up like this. Uh, now I I did think this was to be this is going to be a one part Zach, but the more I got into it, the more interesting details or the more fucked up details that I just couldn't leave out. So on part two, we'll we'll go deep into Heidnik's further sadistic behavior, and again come to the realization that there is a pattern in a lot of these stories. That pattern I'm talking about isn't the fucked up childhood, bedwetting trauma, whether physical or emotional. No, the pattern I'm really talking about is that our system has these guys or girls captured at one point and then lets them go. I mean, I get it. You shoot a dude, rape a mentally handicapped girl, stab some homeless dudes, which is another episode. Check out the vampire episode if you haven't. And you can be rehabilitated in a very short time. But if you sell some weed, Zach, you're fucking locked up, man. You cannot become a, a good standing member of the civilization ever again. Makes sense. Thanks for joining us on Wrecking for Murder. If you want to support us, head on over to Apple Podcasts and give us a fucking rating. I don't know. What should they write in, Zach? Mm, I would say 4.5. 4.5 stars? Uh, yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. I think we earned that half a star this week. Yeah, we yeah. absolutely did. Yeah. And you could, in fact, be like... Uh, I was only going to do four stars, but then I got that picture book with the necrophilia sex scratch and sniff, and that just uh, took me over the edge. <laughs> so give us a rating. You know, write us a review. Hell, if you write us a review, we might even give you a shout out on the show. So you can be associated with this shit. You're going to scare them away. <laughs> we will change your name as well, like we do mine. Well, Don't I mean, worry. you can always do in like a little alias on there, you could, yeah. like uh, Puffin Stuff or McFluffin, you know, whatever. Um, but if you're shy and just listen, that's cool too. And we recently popped up on a platform's top fifty murder podcast list. That tells me there's a lot of sick fucks like you and me, Zach, <laughs> out there, and I'm excited. Let me tell you, I'm stoked. I dropped a beat on my Casio keyboard. And I ripped off my party boy pants and started fucking hip thrusting. And that happened because all of you listening. We thank you for your support. <laughs> and we hope this didn't drive it away. <laughs> it's exciting. We, in fact, have listeners in 22 countries now. Really? Yeah. Do we still have Putin? listening from Russia. Oh, I hope so. I, I believe too. he's the only one that gets to listen. Everyone else is not allowed. <laughs> but it excites me that we're getting deep into your ears across the globe. And let me tell you, in the morning, we'll still be here. We won't leave your side because we know how difficult it is right now with the quarantine. and get lonely and we won't leave you. We need to be there for each other. Without pants, or with them, but preferably without, because pants are restrictive and send a message of distance. Let me see them cheeks. But if you want to hear them, or if you want to wear them, that's cool too, because we have to respect each other, Zach. We have to be kind to one another. We have to convince Zach to start an OnlyFans, where on each show he has a different condiment bottle. He puts the nozzle between his tightly squeezed toes, and he squeezes that bottle of mustard and relish. And he squeezes it with love. 
until it just squirts out the top of his toes like a fucking slow erupting volcano. Until next time. Bonjour, bino. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>